The Amanda Wagner Podcast is the place to eavesdrop and participate in conversations about making choices about how you spend your time, who you surround yourself with, and figuring out what you want to be known for. In this episode, we talk about my hesitations around calling myself a creative. We discuss a few definitions of creativity and how they land on both me and LP. And we suggest that creativity might include a tangible product, but it might also just refer to a process or a way of thinking. And in WWAWD, we answer Joel's question about being active in a workplace community without having to use tools like Slack. When you think of the word creative, what comes to mind? Do you think about artists, musicians, photographers, people who are creating something tangible that we can see, feel, or hear? Do you have an image of what a creative person looks like and how they act? Are you quick to say, I'm not creative, or do you confuse creativity with being an artist or being crafty and making a physical thing? I felt all of these feelings, and I've never referred to myself as a creative. I'm uncomfortable with the prospect of thinking that I have a creative brain because I've always tied that to the idea of being artsy and having a wild imagination. I'm not creative or a creative because I'm not a poet or a musician. I follow rules more than I create my own. So I've considered myself a really good replicator. I can see a creative project or a recipe and duplicate it. I can look at someone else's idea and interpret it on my own. But that has never really said creativity to me because it seems like it lacked imagination or the actual creation of something. For context, I first want to talk about how I'm using the word creative as well as talking about being a creative. In the entrepreneur freelance space, people refer to themselves and others as creatives or I am a creative as a title. So it isn't so much the action of being creative as it is the noun, being a person who creates. I will continue to use both of these terms and dive more into why I felt and sometimes continue to feel like I'm not a creative, even though I'm coming around to believing this. I did some reading to help me understand creativity and some of my feelings around it and hesitations around the word. But first, let's hear from Liz. LP, I want to know how do these ideas land on you? I've been nodding so much. I'm practically dancing over here. We've said before on this podcast, we don't share our prep with each other. (laughs) And my prep is so similar to everything that you've just said. So I didn't think that I was creative for a really long time. When I, in the past, have thought of the word creative, I have thought of arts and crafts Mm -hmm. or creating art. I think of a friend of mine who I've known for a really, really long time. Her name is Jocelyn. When I think of the word creativity or creative, I think of Jocelyn. She always had the best Halloween costumes. Mm -hmm. She's like an excellent scrapbooker. One year, we were in the sixth grade, maybe. It was crazy hair day. And she came with Cindy Lou Who hair. Mm. And it was wonderful. And I always think of her in terms of creativity. Creating a tangible beautiful product or some sort of piece of art. That's what where I've always kind of put that word in my brain. I'm similar to you. When I think about creative people, friends of mine come to mind. My friend Katrina, who has a theme for her apartment every month and every season she has different things up in her home or different colorful mood boards. I instantly think of colorful crafts, creativity in a, in a very tangible, pretty, intentional way. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily think of occupations 
and being creative, but I'm in a much different headspace now because I now consider myself a creative. I was going to ask, do you refer to yourself as a creative? I don't. Like, it's not a word that I would think of off the top of my head, but I think it's in the list of things that I would use to describe the work that I do. So in what ways are you creative now that you're coming around to the term? Yeah, so... I am a creative now with tangible things like writing mm-hmm. and creating various forms of content. So whether that's shooting a video or taking some photos, creating graphics, things like that, that's the space I deal in for work. But I'm also creative with things like solving problems. Mm-hmm. I can be a little bit of a MacGyver with creating something that I really need but don't have that tool or don't have those resources. I'm really good at putting things together when I need them and I I would consider myself creative that way. Mm-hmm. I think people think of creativity when they're cooking too. You, We've watched cooking shows and you see like I have these five ingredients I have to make a spectacular dinner. Totally. That's me. Even with yeah. that I don't think I'm creative. I think I just follow rules. I'm like I know I have these yeah. kind of savory things. I know that garlic will be good in pretty much anything, so I'm going to use that. So I found a few definitions as I was doing research for this episode and figuring out what I wanted to say, and one definition says that creativity refers to when something new and valuable is formed. I respond really well to the idea that there's value in something that you've created, and even though that might be subjective, I still think it speaks to an artistic creativity. Mm Where I get stuck is around the word new and thinking that creativity has to correlate with newness. For me, that raises the stakes Mm -hmm. and therefore some of the anxiety around the the idea of creativity. The idea of having to do something that's never been done, that's terrifying. And I don't know if that exists. No, no, you're right. Right. So for me, I actually kind of feel empowered when I think about how everything has been done before. I like knowing that what I'm doing isn't in and of itself brand new or super unique, and I am not starting from scratch. Instead, I get to use the existing resources and ideas, and then what I bring to it is my take or my lens. And to me, that is creativity. I found that accepting that nothing is new, nothing is going to be uh, something we've never seen before, Good news, now I can just put my slant on something. I can express my thoughts and opinions. There are undoubtedly hundreds, thousands of podcasts that are talking about creativity. So that in and of itself isn't new. But what is new is my take on it, how I think about it. What this means for me, especially in the world of speaking and podcasting, being very aware that there are many thought leaders who have big ideas to discuss, I'm refining what I think it means to be creative. I'm learning that I demonstrate creativity by looking for patterns and connecting the dots. And one way that I'm really creative is by being able to think and speak off the cuff. It's that I can be asked a question in an audience and instantly my brain starts firing and applying ideas to somebody else's circumstances. It's part of the reason that we don't share our scripts Mm -hmm. too. Absolutely. So yes, we have a guideline. Yes, we write out what we want to ask and hear from you, but we don't share our exact notes because we want that conversation to really create something that we might not know or we might not be able to expect. Liz, how do you consider creativity as linked to products or processes? 
I think for me, with the work that I do, I am constantly considering various audiences. So mm-hmm. I'm, I work with many different clients who are speaking to different groups of people. I get to wear a lot of different hats in a single day. So I'm always considering how things are interpreted by other people. Right. And another way that I link creativity into products or processes is considering the various perspectives of people. So if I am presented, so if we're not talking about something tangible, like I need to create a graphic that works for a certain audience, Mm -hmm. that's one thing. But if I'm looking at a problem or I'm faced with some sort of obstacle, I'm not sure what to do. This is where I think, what would so-and-so do? What would Amanda Wagner do? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that segment in a bit. But if you think about various perspectives, I think that's a way of being creative, Mm -hmm. is drawing on the knowledge of others or putting yourself in a different set of shoes to try and and figure out a solution. I completely agree. And I think that that's on the, the process side. I might not be able to see how you're working out those problems, but I know that it's happening. So even though the product is something like a content strategy or an Instagram post or a graphic, that may be the product, but the creativity actually came in the steps beforehand, figuring mm-hmm. out who's going to see this, what do I want it to say, how do I best communicate it? Exactly, yeah. One other article that I found on creativity, we will share the link in the show notes, but it had three pieces. And I want to comment on each of the three because this is one that perhaps felt the most uncomfortable to me and made me A, go, well, I guess I'm not a creative. And then B, go, maybe I just think really differently about creativity. So point number one is a creative creates art, not to make a buck, but to make a difference. She writes to write, not to be noticed or to sell books. She sings to sing for the pure joy of making music. And she paints to paint and so on. My response to this point is that I don't think there's anything wrong with making money on what you create. I think you can have an impact on people and make money at the same time. And I personally have a really hard time when entrepreneurs or freelancers ask for support or money with the rationale that people should support them because they are passionate. I'm really passionate about this dream. Please buy my product. Mm -hmm. I'm really passionate about what I do. Therefore, buy my services. I don't want to pay for passion. I'm glad it's there, but I want to pay for how this this service or this product is actually going to benefit my life. What are your thoughts on that first point? That first definition made me feel kind of weird when you were reading it. Mm -hmm. And I think I have the same sticky feelings that you do. The not to make a buck, but to make a difference just feels kind of feels weird. Preachy? A little. Yeah, it's just like, and I guess definitions define things but I feel like you shouldn't creativity is so hard to define and we talked about this briefly before we started Mm -hmm. recording it's so hard there's so many different interpretations that maybe I just feel weird around definitions of the word period I'll see how I feel with the next one (laughs) okay you read it (laughs) the second part says a creative colors outside the lines on purpose in doing so she shows the world a whole new picture they never would have otherwise seen. I think you can color inside the lines and still be creative, but I do like the piece that says how she shows the world a whole new picture they would not have otherwise seen. Because that to me is taking on a lens or a perspective 
And then again, there's a thousand podcasts about creativity. This is our take on it. But I got defensive. I color inside the lines. Being creative doesn't mean that you exist without boundaries and that in order to do something creative, you have to do something brand new and earth shattering. It comes from somebody's take on their way of doing things. Liz, how do you feel? Conflicted. When I think of a creative, often the first people I think of are graphic designers. Me too. Oh, really? And photographers. I, uh, yeah. yeah, I have a couple of graphic designers I've worked with in the past, and I think of them immediately. Mm-hmm. And they color outside the lines. Yeah. The people I know, like, that's the approach they take to the work that they do. They color outside the lines. But I also think, just for the record, there's a furnace running somewhere. That's If you can hear that, that's why. But, like you, I also very much color inside the lines. So I'm feeling a little bit conflicted with that, this definition because I think it, it works inside and outside the lines. Again, I'm just I'm, I'm having a really tough time with just defining it, period, I think. Yeah. I agree. So I often think of photographers and graphic designers because those are two groups of people I've worked with. And what I find fascinating is that some of the photographers that I know will say, I'm doing a creative shoot. And I'm always like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's when somebody has an idea or they want to try something different and they're willing to get a group of people together to make this vision come to life. And I've never really had that experience. So I wonder if it's just simply because I haven't had that experience in my life of having to create something creative. What is your wife's name? Great question. <laughs> Siri. Thanks for chiming in, Siri. I want to consider something. So you think of graphic designers and so do I. Is it possible that the opposite might also be true? You may exist in a creative role. So in art, design, writing, um, I also think of advertising and marketing, but you aren't the creative person. You're the person executing it. So can somebody who isn't creative exist in one of these roles? You might not know what colors go together or how to set up a beautiful photo shoot or whatever you can't you can't make anything eye appealing but you are one hell of a creative problem solver you can you can maneuver your team of graphic designers you might not be able to draw a stick person but you can be creative with how you work with those people i like that example too you can be creative with the way that you give instructions the way that you lead people when i think about being a teacher i'm like that absolutely involved creativity because i'm working from a curricular objective that is inherently vague because it's meant to meet so many different learners needs but I have to figure out how do I take this big picture goal or objective and turn it into something tangible? Because there's not a unit on, here's how you teach to kill a mockingbird. It's more like use a text to illustrate the following themes and motifs. So I I see that as a creative piece. And again, that's the thinking, the process, the connecting the dots or drawing the line between two things. I'm gonna let you go first on the third definition which is that a creative breaks the rules. And as a result, he sets a new standard to follow. I am a creative, but I don't break the rules. I love rules. So do I. I can't hold back saying that. (laughs) I have written here, I love rules. I was the kid who told on other kids. So I didn't have a lot of friends, but man, I was... 
I was teacher's best friend. Me too. That's yeah. why we get along. <laughs> so with this definition, it sets a precedent that for you to be creative, you have to have some streak of rebellion or resist the status quo. And I think you can be creative and listen to rules. Some of the most creative people are parents. Tell me more. I agree. Your child refuses to eat their vegetables. Mm -hmm. Somehow, some way, maybe not every night, parents get their children to eat those vegetables. You You have to be creative to come up with ways to keep your child happy, to keep them entertained, to help them grow. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't require putting together a scrapbook or putting together a photo shoot, that sort of thing. Yeah. You're very rarely breaking the rules as a parent, right? Right. Those rules you've set for yourself. That's the kind of creative, I think, with a definition like that, that this doesn't, that doesn't work. Right. I find all three of these pieces, and granted, this is one article. I am by no means shit-talking the person who wrote it. This is one side. But none of these feel quite right to me. And while it's the only article we're referencing, it's not the only one I read about this, which tells me that there are many thoughts on creativity. We are not alone in feeling this way. I'm now at a place where I'm comfortable saying I'm creative because I can process ideas. I can take some big picture goals and I can pick them apart to create tangible objectives. And I can do that within a set of rules or boundaries, but that doesn't take away from the creativity piece. I am also creative because I can listen to someone else's situation and pull out ideas or perspectives, like you said, that they might not have considered. So for me, creativity has nothing to do with a product. For me, it's almost always a process Hmm. and it might not be something you ever see. And I mean, for me, creativity is both of those things, product and process. Right. Just depending upon what you do for a living and what you enjoy outside of work, too. Certainly. Even in my other business, I'm thinking more about the creative product that I might make. To me, making a worksheet, or as I call them, fun sheets, (laughs) making a fun sheet doesn't seem like a creative thing. I put some boxes and a title on a page, but I guess it actually is. And planning a session has to be creative. I work with teams on how to engage and sell with their customers. That takes a lot of creativity, especially when you are working with team members who say, yeah, but I tried that, or this won't work for me, and really having to think on my feet. So for me, that's the creativity that you might not be able to see, but I know that I feel it. So we want to know, listeners, how are you creative? Please join us on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner. Answer that question because we can't be the only ones who struggle with this. And I'm also going to ask that you share this episode with someone in your life who resists calling themselves creative, especially if they're like us and think that you have to be an artist, a writer, or a photographer to create. Send this episode along to them and ask them that same question. How are they creative? Now feels like a wonderful time to move to the next segment what would amanda wagner do or wwawd i feel like i'm I'm getting better at saying that every episode it's quite fast spitting that out yeah wwawd today's question comes from joel who asks amanda i saw you at a talk a few months ago Mm. and you mentioned that you don't use slack or text to communicate with your clients Mm mm-hmm true big feelings across the table from you right now i feel he says, I feel guilty when I don't answer texts and feel like people will be mad at me. And if I'm not on Slack, I miss out on the community element of my team. How did you find your way through this? 
Thanks for your question, Joel. Two thoughts before we get started. Number one, thank you for coming to see me at a talk. I always appreciate that. And the second piece, my biggest fear in life is disappointing people and getting in trouble. So I understand the guilt as much as people around me, um, coaches, therapists, remind me that guilt is a wasted emotion. I still feel it. My use of Slack started years ago. I used it at the startup company that I was working at. And I remember even then going on what I called Slackcation. And I would send out a message to the team and say, I'm going on Slackcation. I'm at my desk if something urgent comes up. And I would tell them when I would come back on. So I would slowly start reducing my time on Slack because it takes me so long to jump between activities that it's just this big distraction. The same thing actually applies to email for me right now, which has been a big challenge. But in the last six months, I've really honed in on how I protect my time. And that means I check my email twice a day. It's incredibly hard, but it's when I have my inbox open or Slack open, I get this like dopamine hit every time somebody needs something from me or wants something. Of course. yeah. And I jump and answer it. Mm-hmm not realizing how long it takes me to get back into the swing of things or into the task I was doing. It's a productivity killer. It is. So I I get a little bit snarky and people are like, oh, it's on Slack. And I said, I don't Slack, I work. It's not always well received, (laughs) but in order for me to work, I have to turn off Slack. I am part of a co-working space and I've just made it my standard that I am not on Slack. I do check the newsletter that come up, that comes out. I do talk to people at the coffee station. I make a point of engaging in other ways, but I also set my boundaries with other people so they aren't supl- surprised when I don't use it. Similar with texts. Right now, if I look at my phone, I have 13 unread text messages, and it used to drive me crazy. I'm the type of person who right now in my life, you either get an immediate response or you get a response in four weeks that says, sorry, I missed this. It fell to the bottom of my list. I am an advocate that you teach people how to treat you. So if you teach people that you're going to respond immediately, then that's the standard that you're setting. And what I'm trying to teach people is that my phone is for me. And if you really need me, phone me but I also want some boundaries on my time. I don't want to be so dependent and so connected to my phone that it impacts me in a negative way and I feel the same about Slack. Long story long, there are other ways to get the community element of your team. So if you're looking to decrease your use of Slack, go on Slackcation, tell your team, set a couple hours, or make a point of checking it a couple times a day. Check it in the morning when you get in, before you have lunch and after lunch. And then you'll you'll make it through the rest of your day. So that's how I found my way. I hope this helps for you. Uh, good luck, Joel. This is not an easy thing. Thank you so much for your question, Joel. As always, we want your questions. Keep sending them our way. You can connect with us on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner. Send us a DM there or comment on a post and let us know. Or you can visit theamandawagner.com and submit a question that way. Thanks for joining us on our episode today. Please find us on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner and tell us what makes you creative. We want to play in this space a little bit more and see what you think. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. And because we live by don't ask, don't get, we're asking you to follow along with us on social media at the Amanda Wagner, sign up for the monthly newsletter at theamandawagner.com, and share this episode with a friend. If you love the podcast, please leave us a review. As always, we will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And until then, 
We'll see you on the internet.